0: Welcome to episode 13 of season 7, which is actually the last episode of season 7 and the last episode of 2020. Yes, I'm wrapping my podcast up early this year, and I will start season 8 in January of 2021. This girl needs a break. Let me tell you right now. It has been a very interesting year and that's all I'll say about it. But I want to give myself a little bit of grace as I wrap up this year and and take a little break from the podcast so I'm refreshed when I start with the next season. But I wanted to finish this last episode of season 7 which is all about writing a book that builds your business by talking about my experience as a published author.
1: If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to The Simplify & Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify & Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur.
0: Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. There are a lot of things that I have learned in my own journey, and I think the most important thing that I want to share with you as my listener is that it really depends on a lot of different things when you're looking at writing a book that builds your business. And honestly, I think that a lot of us feel when we take on a book project that it is insurmountable whether we like writing or don't like writing, whether we want to self-publish or want to find a publisher. There are so many decisions that you need to make. And quite frankly, as a natural writer, I love to write. It can kind of take the joy out of writing. And I guess my my most strong message to you as you listen to this and think about your book that you want to write, your whether it's your first one or your next one, is that try to do whatever you can to make it an enjoyable process. Because if you're enjoying what you're writing, if you're enjoying researching it, if it's got a lot of research in it, if you're enjoying doing interviews, if that's part of it, or if you're just enjoying the introspective deep dive that you're taking as a writer, as a creator, and really feeling for your reader, I think it's so important that you make it as enjoyable a journey as possible. Otherwise, why do it? I mean, a book is not gonna garner your business millions of dollars, I will tell you that right now. (laughs) There are rare, rare, rare exceptions, but in most cases, it takes a lot to get your books to really be a, a big revenue stream into your business. Now, I've had some guests on this season that have actually done really, really well with their books, and those are those exceptions. And they've worked super hard to promote other aspects of their business, and what they do and building their authority to make those books create that sort of revenue. The great thing about having a book is that obviously it legitimizes you, it it helps create your platform and all those things that the buzzwords that you hear writers and publishers talking about, and marketers for that matter. Uh, But what's most important about that book is that it's always on the shelf. In other words, it's something like a podcast that has a long shelf life so it can always be on amazon it can always be on a in a bookstore if if we still have bookstores in 10 years who knows (laughs) everything may become virtual at some point although i love bookstores but i remember going into some bookstores and just kind of being able to thumb through the books and sit down and look at some and it was such a great experience and it's really hard to find that experience anymore um but back to what I was saying about the actual love of writing and and doing it so you enjoy it, it actually will yield better results for you if you do. If you look at creating a book, writing a book, as something that is just another expression of what you have to say. So you have this book. It's got the shelf life. It's something that's poured out of you that you created. And... If you're enjoying the process, you're going to want to do more. And that's where the real value can come in is when you do more than one book. Now, for those of you who haven't (laughs) done that first book, don't feel overwhelmed by me saying that because you'll write the next book because you'll see how easy it was to do the first one. And for those of you like myself who have written several books, just getting back into the groove of writing And knowing what's in front of you, it's a lot easier to kind of swing back into it. So it's kind of like muscle memory in a lot of ways. So whatever habits or routines you created to write your last book or your prior books, use those again. Try some new different things that can help you actually dig deeper and get that next story out of you. So in this episode, what I want to do is I want to just kind of like go through an overview of what I've learned about two aspects of writing and books. And one is about what I've learned about the act of writing. And the other is what I've learned about writing a book that builds your business. And so I kind of, (laughs) I guess you could say I kind of fell down the stairs backwards when it comes to publishing. I, I had some really great ideas that I was like, yeah, I'm going to go this direction and and write all these guidebooks for Confident Entrepreneur. Or, no, I'm going to go to Compass and and do all this and and make this big workshoppy kind of thing. And it's funny because I I don't know if you go through the same thing, but you'll get this great idea. You'll go and create it. And then it's like, okay, now what's next? <laughs> and you don't really take it all the way down the road. You know, you just kind of I don't know if it's getting bored or you just want a new challenge or like, hey, okay, I did that. Now what? And that's kind of how my behavior has been with my books. The first book I wrote was a memoir. And that was something that was more inspired by my life experience of living with my husband, Chuck, who passed away in 2004. And I just wanted a love story. You know, I wanted to go find a book about someone who had met the love of their life and gone through the loss of them, and what was on the other side. And I couldn't find it, at least at the time I couldn't find it. There was nothing but the books on grief, you know, seven steps of grief and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 go <laughs> <No> away. <laughs> you know, part of grief is denial, right? But I did. I wanted to read a love story. I wanted to see if, if somebody else had experienced the same joy, the same pain, the same extreme love, and just like, unconditional joy that I did with Chuck. And so I took his journal that he kept as he was going through his illness, and I interspersed that into my story of how we met and everything we went through, and then how I dealt with the immediate aftermath of him passing. And I wrote my first book, which is 14 Days. Now, at the time, I had no experience working with publishing companies or, you know, anything. I didn't know anything about it. I had a good friend that had published some books and knew a, a little bit more about it, and she's like, "Oh, you got to go to writing conferences and, you know, sign up for Writers Digest." And so she was feeding me all these things to get me educated and comfortable with the business of writing and publishing. And I submitted several book proposals. I had a really hard time finding an agent because I was brand new on the scene. And what I've learned since then is memoir is very hard to sell, <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> I really didn't know what to do. So I started realizing that there were other options aside from going traditional publishing. And so I looked into those options for self-publishing and I found uh, AuthorHouse, which is one of many uh, self-publishing, what they call print-on-demand book publishers. And I submitted, I basically designed the cover, laid out the whole book output it to the type, file type that they needed. I did all that research because I'm kind of geeky, as you know. <laughs> and I went ahead and, and uploaded that and got that all set up. And of course, they set it up on Amazon and everything. I did not do a Kindle version at the time. This is back in 2007. And I just did the print version, which you can still buy today. It's on my Amazon page. And I love that book, right? It's it just kind of like I feel like it was my gift from Chuck. When he passed away, he kind of gave me the gift of writing. And I've always enjoyed writing, but I never saw myself as a book writer, if that makes sense. And that was an adjustment I had to make. But thank goodness I had the experience of 14 days that kind of broke the seal and got me to look at, wow, this is actually something I really enjoyed doing. And so it wasn't long after that I, I wrote a second book that it was more, still more of a memoir. It was called Broken Widow. And um, I wanted to write more about my journey through grief, and I'm like, you know what, this is kind of depressing. <laughs> I just didn't have the same, I guess, the same stir, the same yearning, the same need for a, to write a love story like I did with 14 Days. So I never finished that project. And you'll find as a writer that you'll start projects, and then you'll get distracted and go off onto some other project. And I just want you to know that that's Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that, you know, you abandoned something or you gave up or you didn't have it in you. What it means is there was another story that was pulling at you to, you know, be expressed to that you just didn't have everything you needed at the time to do that one that you gave up on, that there was one that had a stronger calling. And I find this a lot in nonfiction with my clients and colleagues who are writing nonfiction books. They tend to look at what the market is going to respond to versus something that they're very passionate about and know a lot about and really feel like they have something to say. And I think that that's a really important thing that you need to listen to as a writer is that you create something that's really resonant inside you and that matters to you. And not to say that you can't have both. In other words, you can have something that'll build your business with the that the market will respond to as well as something that's going to really stir your creative engine and something you can just like get your teeth into right you can have those two that's like a win-win scenario and so i think it's most important that the joy is there that you you find what is deep inside you that just needs to get expressed i, I don't really know how <laughs> else to to share it but I've always been a natural writer. Now, I didn't go to journalism school or polish my writing skills. I chose to go the visual communications, in other words, I went to art school, and I learned all about commercial art and design, layout, branding, all that stuff. And no regrets, but the writing kind of came along with it. So every job I had out of college, I was always asked, well, Terry, you designed this great thing. Can you help us with the copy? And I'm like, okay. And so I ended up polishing my copywriting skills through the art of advertising and which has made what I write today so much more powerful from a marketing and copy standpoint. But also I still had that natural memoir style. This is my life story. Let's, you know, sit down and have a coffee chat. I mean, not too dissimilar from how I am on my podcast here. And I love writing my own style. It's It's just fun for me. It's like I'm having an out loud conversation with the keyboard. (laughs) So some of the other things I've learned about the act of writing is that it's so important that no matter how you feel about writing, whether you like it or whether you don't, you need to be clear about who you're writing to and what you want to accomplish with your book. You know, you have to treat it like a project because otherwise you'll never finish it. You'll never get a good outline, a good structure if you don't have these things in place. Always in your mind, you want to think of, who am I talking to? What am I saying to them? I think it was Kathy Fioc I had on earlier this season, and she said one of the things that I always recommend my writer students to do is to write a letter to their reader. And I thought that was a great idea. And that's beyond like an introduction or a foreword that you would put in your book. This is like where you sit down and have like a honest, pouring out your heart, this is what I want you to get out of my book. And I think that's a great idea. And as I was mentioning before, another thing I've learned about the act of writing for me is that I need to feel inspired to create a book. And as You know, I really put my heart and soul into it. And that's what I was mentioning earlier about, you know, my writing style is very conversational. It's very, this is how I feel. This is my experience. It's a little self-deprecating. It's, you know, it's got all the things that make Terry, Terry. (laughs) And, but here's the thing, as I've matured, my confidence in my writing ability has grown. And so I just lean into my creative muse. And I think that after writing, well, I've written more than seven books, but I've only published six. Um, I think the more I I create these books, and the more I write, and the more I produce, like I can write them faster and faster each time. Uh, the more I really feel confident in my ability to write, and you gotta remember, you gotta have a good editor. So. You know, going back and self-editing something before you move on to the next thing, that's like the worst thing. (laughs) And I find myself trying to polish stuff before I go on to the next chapter instead of just doing a dump. So that's another thing I've learned. It's like try to just get the first draft out, no matter what form it's in, misspellings, grammar all over the place, kind of haphazard, whatever get it out because that's the raw juice of it. And then when you go back and take the first pass at your polish before an editor gets to it, that's when the real good stuff can come out because you'll see where the holes are. So you have to trust that process. And the other thing that I've learned, and I learned this especially from my friend Andrea Stein, who writes historical romance based on uh, captains that have sailed during like the 1800s. I mean, this woman does amazing research, and she had uh, worked at a newspaper for a long time, and so she knew what it took to, to really do good research. So if your book requires research to back up, back up facts, um, statistics, uh, if you're doing some comparative like case studies and things like that, you've got to do good research. And there are a lot of books out there on how to do good research for your book, Because you want to make sure, just like if you were in college and you were writing a a paper and you had all your citations, you have to back things up. Because people are going to be reading your material and using it as a reference. So they'll say, okay, well, Terry said this in her book about selling, so that must mean it's true, right? Well, you have to be legit about your facts. And one of the things I've seen that is kind of a pet peeve in a lot of the nonfiction over the last 10 years is that a lot of of these writers will quote other writers in their books instead of quoting a source fact. And so just be aware of that when you're doing research. Make sure that you're not just pulling something out of somebody else's book, that you're actually doing um, double, like you're, you're getting two sources of research to put together where either you're conducting your own research or you're you know, basically doing research and finding out facts and then bringing it into your book. So make sure your research has high integrity. And here's something that is really hard when you're first getting out and your confidence isn't 100% is never listen to the naysayers or over-advisors. They're never your readers. Trust your gold. So this is where working with a book coach or a writing coach is really helpful because they will give you honest feedback They will help you remain objective. They will help you stay true to your voice. And when you start listening to people, like if you're talking about your book or giving details and someone gives you feedback, you would be like, oh, man, that kind of ruined it for me. You don't want to set yourself up for that. So, you know, be a little tight-lipped about what you're working on and just go with what's there. Remember, you're the source of it so it you know aside from research obviously but you're the source of the material so you have to trust that and i'll leave you with one as far as what i've learned about the act of writing this is the most important thing that I learned. And it was from my my friend, Drew Westfear, who is a, a writer as well. I remember I was working on a new project and he read a chapter or something and we had a good conversation about it. And it was like, I was trying too hard to like explain what was happening instead of just telling. And this is a little different from show versus tell kind of thing, is that you have to trust the reader to come to their own conclusions. Remember, even though you're writing it, What the reader is getting out of it is completely different. They're going to be getting out of your book a hundred different things. For every person, it's going to be different. Even though you have an intention, you have a goal, what you want to accomplish, you're clear on who's going to read it, they're still going to come away with their own uh, conclusion about what they get out of it. It's going to inspire them in a certain way. It's going to motivate them in a certain way. It's going to make them happy, sad, you name it. So you have to allow them to do that. Don't over facilitate the learning, especially for nonfiction. Don't over facilitate the learning of what you're writing.
1: Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment.
0: Whether you want to write a book to help build your business or it's simply a passion project, writing is a powerful form of creative self-expression. If your ideas will transform the lives of others, what are you waiting for? Let it pour out of you. A writer's journey is just that, a journey. Be honest, be real, and most importantly, be yourself. But if you're struggling to get it done, confused about how to tie it into your business, or dealing with a chronic creative block, get the guidance to get it done. If you want the creative fuel, the nurturing, and the challenge to make your book, the best it can be, Pappy Club is the place for you. Join Pappy Club and discover how you can express your perspectives through something that strengthens your brand, your business, and supports the lifestyle you want. Try it for free by visiting pappyclub.com and that's p-a-p-p-y-c-l-u-b.com to sign up now and I'll see you there. Now I want to just briefly go over what I've learned about writing a book that builds your business. And so many of the people that I've interviewed and had as guests in the season have so much good stuff to, to offer. So I highly recommend that you go back and listen to every episode of season seven. And these are the things that I've gotten out of talking to these people plus what I've learned. OK, and some of these things I have not done in my business, just FYI. So I just want you to know that I'm not perfect either. So but I love the perfection in imperfection. So have a strategy before you start. Decide your model and how you want to bring it to market. And probably the episode before this one with Jesse Finkelstein uh, of uh, page two, uh, publishing, She uh, had a lot of great information about model, so check out my interview with uh, Jesse Finkelstein. And uh, the next thing is I want you to design your book or books if it's a series to fit into your revenue model or customer journey. And these are things that I talk a lot about and cover inside Pappy Club for my members. So when you look at your strategy for the entire business, see where a book can be inserted to facilitate some of the training you're doing, some of the services you're providing. Uh, If you want your customers and clients to learn your model, it could fit in that way. It could actually kick off an engagement. There's a lot of different ways your book can actually become part of your revenue model and your customer journey. Another one is look at how your topics or subject matter, focus can build authority and brand. So you want to see that, like, I've kind of been all over the place, but yet there's a theme in all my books. They're all nonfiction, and they're all about using creativity and being yourself. And so when I look at these things, these are things I'm passionate about, right? So when I look at how I coach my clients and how I help solopreneurs, these books totally fit into what I'm trying to create. So make sure that whatever topic or subject matter focus that you're looking at creating, that it supports your brand and it builds your authority. Another one is be consistent with your topic, your genre, or your audience so the same readers follow you book after book. Now, I know a lot of my romance uh, fans out there love to find a good Uh, romance writer that they can just read every single book that they've ever written. And a lot of them have ghostwriters because it's more of a volume business than it is a quality business. But I remember as a kid, Rosemary Rogers was like the big romance writer. And a lot of my friends who are into like the mystery or the thriller you know, like Lee Child or, you know, Grisham, a lot of those books, they read everything that author puts out because it's they just get hooked on their writing style or their topic. So look at how your topic, your genre or audience can be consistent. So the same reader will buy more and more of your books. And then the last thing that I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode was find a good editor. And Work with that same editor if you do find a good one over time so they get to know your personality, your style, your voice, and how you like to go through the editing process. And when you do that, it you know, writing your book and getting it out there creates so much more confidence in it being a quality product because believe me, there is a lot of crap out there. So those are my tips on what I've learned about Not only the act of writing but writing a book that builds your business and i hope you enjoyed this season i mean it was so full of great great advice and guidance from uh, publishers authors you know people who have really found successful formulas creating books that work great for their business and build authority so i'm going to take the rest of the year off and take a break give my voice a break And I will see you in 2021 with a whole new season focused on delegating, admin, and finding support to help you as a solopreneur get it done. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is, that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify & Multiply.
1: You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify & Multiply Show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.